Matthew chapter 7, we pick up at verse 21. Reading this morning from 21 to 29, preaching this morning from 21 to the beginning of 24. King Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell. Not, fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Father, we are thankful to come to this concluding section of the Lord's Messianic Manifesto, and yet it is sobering to consider the reality and the things of which our Lord did speak clearly and we do believe that it speaks definitively to this age of Christendom. 
we would be careful and prayerful this morning not to presume upon any truth, but to rest upon thy word and thy promise given us in Christ as the basis of our confidence in this day against the day to come. Help us then to be wise in understanding and application of the text to ourselves and in the big picture concerning those we love. Help us then this morning to be responsive to thy glory as revealed in the person of King Jesus, our Lord and Savior. For we pray these things in Jesus' name and for his blessed sake. Amen. In the culture of the Old Testament and in the culture of the New Testament, pronouncement of a name twice is understood as an indication of relational intimacy. Thus, when obedient Abraham held the knife so as to slay his only son Isaac in sacrifice upon Mount Moriah, the angel of the Lord stopped him, saying, Abraham, Abraham, Genesis 22:11. Likewise, the old patriarch Jacob, when he was told to go to Egypt in the days of famine and was inclined not to do so, was addressed by God in a vision, saying, Jacob, Jacob. Likewise, Moses, at the burning bush, heard Moses, Moses. And when David lost his rebellious son, he cried, Absalom, Absalom. And the perfect son went on the cross, cried, My God, my God. The pattern of repetitious use of name in biblical times indicates relational intimacy. Thus today we work with a sobering account where many, not my word but the Lord's, many will say, Lord, Lord asserting their intimate relationship with Jesus, only to be told in the coming day to go away. For they possess no intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus ever. The ending of the Messianic Manifesto, beginning at verse 13, is illustrated and dominated by the two ways, the two trees, and now two houses, 
rock, and sand. The truth of two ways includes the command from King Jesus, Enter ye in at the straight gate. Verse 13. The truth of two trees includes the command from King Jesus. Verse 15. Beware of false prophets. The truth of two houses includes the future command of King Jesus, saying, verse 23, depart from me. But the point of the two illustrative houses involves the necessity of being a hearer of the word of God and a doer of the word of God. This morning, we are narrowing our focus upon verses 21 to 23, where King Jesus sounds the alarm concerning the commonality of religious self-deception. Jesus said, many will name Christ and be told to go away. Jesus saying to them in the hour of death, in the morning of resurrection, at the great day of judgment, I never knew you. Jesus, even though hearing from such ones in the future day, evidence that the ones giving the evidence feel sufficient in themselves to demonstrate a personal relationship are still indeed told by the Lord Jesus in the coming day, go away from me, you unrighteous worker. Verse 23. Without a sense of humble dependence this morning, Upon the Holy Spirit, I possess neither guts nor grace to preach this sobering truth of pervasive self-deception regarding personal relationship with Jesus the Christ. I did not make this up. It's in the text. You can see it for yourself. Jesus said, many will in the coming day of judgment here go away. I never knew you. Listen carefully to my next two statements. Truly righteous people know themselves to be sinners. Unrighteous sinners often think themselves to be righteous. The first guy is, of course, eternally secure. The second guy is self-deceived and condemned. And according to King Jesus, many in the bubble of Christendom are falsely professing Christ without the reality of 
of relationship in Christ. Applying the words of our king in this modern day of Christendom is sobering. But it is, of course, necessary work. I want us this morning to make application together to the benefit of us all, specifically asking God to enable us in that process. It is entirely possible for a person to be numbered among God's people here on earth, even as you and I are numbered, when in fact God the Son will not own you as his in the coming day. That's sobering. So I say to you, and I am honest about it, I'm serious about it, I don't have guts, I don't have the grace, apart from God's enablement, to preach this. But by God's grace and the Spirit's guts, I will. The Lord Jesus may well say to some of us gathered here today, go away from me. I never knew you. Now how can God, who knows everything, And everybody say that he does not know you. Well, as you might suspect, the word know here is that word of intimate relationship. This confirms our understanding of the repeated use of the name Lord, Lord. The religious man is making an assertion to the Lord of glory. I know you. I know you. Lord, Lord. We're tight. We're buddies. But Jesus says that disturbing thing. First, he uses the word many. And then he indicates that many will remain in a condition of self-deception and sin. Thereby, they think themselves to be relationally intimate with Christ when Christ himself says not. How is that possible? How does sinful deception work in an environment of truth and grace? The answer is it works through external confirmations apart from internal reality. Again, it works through external confirmations apart from internal reality. Churches like ours love to have their children involved, and we want to have our children involved, to be sure, in the context of the church. But just think of all the children that have been on this platform in some Christmas program or some Easter hoopla, or some uh, emphasis uh, of engagement, who sang the songs of Christ and quoted the verses of the gospel, who today have not darkened the doors of any church, nor named the name of Christ for 30, 40, 50 years. What in the world? Well, you see, it's possible that even you and I would externally commend even publicly, in the life of a child or a teen, 
performance in the name of Christ. Music, teaching, preaching in the name of Christ without the reality of Christ in the soul. And I tell you it's happened. And I tell you it's happened here. Hasn't it? We did not mean it. We would not consciously engage in such a deceptive thing. But I remind you that we have quite a capable enemy who uses our lame thinking patterns and our undisciplined schedules to get us engaged in ways that commend the uncommendable and thereby, honestly, if you give this as much thought as I have over the past week, you will agree with me that it's just not that difficult to externally confirm Christian stuff in the life of another person without any real internal reality coming from within them by means of God's Spirit. Again, this morning, we need to break that down a little bit. God will say to many people, he may say, depart to some even here. Even though they acknowledge, listen, even though they acknowledge the Bible to be the word of God and true. Can you go to hell having acknowledged the Bible to be the word of God and true. Yep. Yes, you can. People who say they love the Lord and call upon him from time to time are not necessarily correct in relationship to God. Relationship with God is not constituted nor continued by what you say. Obviously, in the coming day, some people will say, and not some, many people will say, Lord, Lord. And they say that to the Lord. Think of it. They say to the Lord himself, Lord, Lord. Boy, that is the expression of the height of self-deception. Self-deceived people, God talk. Self-deceived people even talk to God. Or so it seems. They profess to believe that Jesus is Lord. But they do not enter the kingdom because the only people who enter the kingdom are those that do the will of the Father. So says the text. A text that in the whole today and next Sunday, if the Lord tarries, a text that in the whole says, you've got to be more than a hearer. You've got to be a responder. You've got to be a doer of the word. Jesus confirms that in the coming day, many will say to him, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? 
And the answer, of course, is yes. Yes, you did. You talked Bible. You quoted memory verses in Awana. You stood on a platform and quoted scripture in the midst of a, of a, of a Christmas program. Uh, you were engaged. Uh, you even talked to other people about the Lord in your church. Uh, you memorized and can quote a number of Bible uh, verses. And yet, you must depart. You must go away. Why? Why? Well, because you talk Bible, but you never did the will of God. Your will was never surrendered to his will. The practice of your Christianity wasn't Christ. You said one thing, but you lived a life of lawlessness. You acknowledged his word, but not according to godliness. You knew the Bible, but you never knew the Lord. You knew it. You did not know him. Wow. Oh, God, help us. Help us all. Not just to know it, but to know you. God will say to many people, he may well say, depart to some of us here. Even if you actively served or ministered to other people. The next two statements in the text are truly stunning. People will say to the Lord in the coming day, we served you. We stood against the devil. And we did some spectacular things in your name. That verse 22 is phenomenal. Three times, in thy name, in thy name, in thy name. Listen, these are Christ-naming people who are turned away at the kingdom door. Not only did they say, we prophesied, we spoke truth of the scriptures, but it says, in thy name have cast out devils. My dead buddy Spurgeon says, that they said they cast out devils, but the devil had never been cast out of them. And in thy name, Lord, we have done many wonderful works. And to such people, Jesus will say in the coming day, go away, depart. I never knew you. Think of all the men preaching from pulpits like this one. that will be told in the coming day. I never knew you. Think of the Bible study leaders and the Christian book authors who will be told, depart. Think of all the Christian musicians 
even the Dove Award winners, who will not enter the kingdom of God. The many of verse 22, of course, directly connects to the many of verse 13. The broad way of destruction is littered with all kinds of Christian service. Your service to God means absolutely nothing apart from your personal relationship with God. God never needed your help, and he is not impressed with the things that you do in his name apart from his will. Many will cry out, Lord, we served you. But they will hear the chilling words, depart. Why? Why? Listen, service rendered doesn't constitute heartfelt relations. Service rendered doesn't constitute heartfelt relations. Many people have got caught up in the steam of doing good, and the devil has used it, to dull their ears and to put a veil over their heart as to their own sinfulness and the absolute necessity that they repent and be saved by casting themselves upon the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Many, not my word, many, it's the word of King Jesus. Jesus said, you did things in my name, but they were things of your will. Things in the Lord's name, yes, but according to his will, no. It's always dangerous as a preacher to guess at percentages when you know your own heart is given to hyperbole naturally anyhow. But it certainly seems to me that an awful percentage of para-church organizations operating throughout the world in this day are surely doing things in the name of Jesus, but oftentimes you realize they really are not fulfilling the will of the Father as is stated in the scripture. There will be whole parachurch organizations as well as whole churches and their leadership that will here in the coming day go away. Never knew you. Jesus said in effect, I was never a part of the great things you did. I was never a part of a great thing. In fact, when you got done, you said, look what we did. And indeed, you did it. You did it. You labored. Using the Lord's name as you served. But it had nothing to do with the Lord all along. It was always about you. 
It was never about him. It was always about your agenda. It was never about his agenda. Three, God will say depart to many people. He may well say depart to some of us. Even if you attend gospel gatherings over your entire lifetime. Jesus clarifies the issues at hand with the contrast of two foundations. He says that the person who hears and does his logos, that's an interesting insight from the Greek, 24, therefore, whosoever heareth these logos, whoever hears the sayings of mine or of me, or if you will, whoever hears the words of Christ and do with them, hear and do, hear and do, hear them and do them. That's the man that is likened in the Lord's analogy to the individual that builds his house upon the rock. It's not about hearing and attending. It is about hearing and practicing, implementing, applying, responding. It is about truth practiced. When we stand before the Lord, he doesn't say, take out a piece of paper and a sharp pencil, and you're going to take a Bible entrance exam. Heaven is not entered on the basis of what you know. Heaven is entered on the basis of who you know. Forgive my personal go-to thought in that regard. 1974. How many of you were alive in 1974? A few more hands now. There you go. Okay. A couple of you are on the edge and you're not so quick to admit it. In 1974, I'd finished uh, one full year of Bible college. That was a phenomenal uh, experience of life-changing uh, interactions in the Lord. And uh, I came home uh, uh, to... Uh, uh, where my parents lived, and uh, it was a year of long gas lines, and, uh, and it was a year of no jobs, no summer jobs for anybody. And so I got home desperately needing a job. I'd ended my first freshman year without having any bill left over, but in order for me to go back in the fall, I needed to have some money. And uh, no rich uncle in my family had died that I knew of as I headed home that summer. And so I needed a job, and I needed one desperately. And uh, as I began to look for a job, uh, uh, the, the word was in the streets, uh, no hiring, no hiring, no hiring. And so I, uh, I, uh, I did my best to uh, uh, rattle some door handles and, and make some contacts, but but nothing uh, was availing me 
uh, after a day or two home in 1974 and looking for a job. And then I went over to my grandpa's house. And uh, I talked to my grandma and grandpa for a few minutes and interacted with my, them. And my grandma had a, a leftover piece of pumpkin pie, and I was glad for that. And, uh, and uh, then as I was talking to my grandfather, uh, the, uh, the doorbell rang, and it was my grandfather's uh, good farmer friend, Walt Schultz. And uh, Walt and my grandfather went back and forth about the woods and deer hunting and trapping and all the things that Walt and my grandfather, Frank, were involved with. And, uh, and then uh, 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 Walt Schultz said to me, well, Timothy, how you doing? I said, well, I'm doing good, Mr. Schultz, but I'm, I'm really active these days looking for a job. He said, oh, you need a job? I said, yes, sir, I need a job. He said, well... He said, you know, I was elected to be a county road commissioner this year. He says, you go down to the county road commission office and tell them you need a job. And they'll hire you. And I said, okay then. And so uh, bright and early the next morning, I got up and I went in my car and drove to the county road commission and walked into the office and saw this lady there. I, I, I had the thought when I saw her, I've, I've seen women that were more ugly than her, but almost never. And, uh, but nonetheless, I, I was kindly, and, uh, and she was an ugly woman sitting there behind the desk, and she had glasses like Coke bottles, and, uh, and she said, can I help you? And it was obvious from the way she said it, she didn't intend to whatsoever. And, uh, and so I said to her, I said, uh, my name is Tim Teal, and I'm here to apply for a job for the summer. And she said, well, I don't know what you've been hearing, but we're not hiring anybody. And so I said, okay, I'll tell Mr. Schultz. And she said, what did you say? And I said, Mr. Schultz, Walt Schultz is a family friend, farmer, on the east side of Michigan, family friend, he told me I could come here and apply for a job. And she completely changed from cousin to the devil to second cousin to an angel. You know what I'm saying? And she said to me, why, why didn't you say that at the beginning? Come in. Would you like a cup of coffee? Here's the manager named Pete. And it was just butter after that. I worked all summer, made union scale. Only time in my life I ever made union scale. And I wasn't in the union, but I made union scale working for the county road commission. I didn't get that job because of what I knew. I didn't know anything about the work I was doing whatsoever. I didn't know anything. I had to learn everything. But I didn't get that job because of what I knew. I got that job because of who I knew. Now, I have to be honest to tell you, I don't always like that in the world. I don't always like it that the world still works that way, especially when I don't know anybody. But I would remind you that heaven works exactly the same way. Heaven is not yours because you know the Baptist distinctives. 
and can spit them out upon command. Heaven is real because of who you know. Do you know Christ? Would he say that he knows you? It's not about attending. It's not about hearing alone. It's about practicing the truth. It's about obedience. We declare rightly the gospel truth that we are saved by grace through faith apart from our works. Yet, we also preach that faith without works is dead. Genuine faith that saves is never apart from works, practice, implementation, response. I didn't say perfect. If I said perfect, we'd all be in trouble. But it does relate to a response, to an engagement, and an engagement of the will. Very often we have spoken of the popular form of faith in Christ represented by the Latin term a census. People may acknowledge intellectually and maybe even emotionally the person and the work of Christ and yet fail to exercise their own will in any particular time in exclusive reliance upon Christ. They may well go on to live on earth with some sense of external conformity without heart obedience. They may have prayed a prayer without understanding. They may have had some sense of understanding, but without any compelling from within to live a life of honor to Christ. They are trust and okay Christians rather than trust and obey Christians. The other Latin word used to clarify the issues of faith is fiducia, which is common to us because of the banking business. My local bank is a fiduciary institution, meaning that they hold people's actual deposits of money that are given to them. My trust in my bank is not calculated as real because I say the name of my bank even twice. And it is not calculated because I say my bank is trustworthy. Nor is it because I wore the bank's t-shirt in a sponsored 5K run. Now, you all know I did not get that t-shirt. <laughs> I don't run for anybody. Because anybody, I don't run, period, anymore. I just don't run. I didn't get no t-shirt for running. Last t-shirt I earned in athletic competition was in a donkey basketball game. And I won the game, and I got the t-shirt. But that was like another lifetime ago. Listen, my trust is in my bank, and I demonstrate that trust because I actually deposit my check 
Have you deposited your soul like a check in Jesus? Have you deposited your life in the Lord? I live with the compelling of the Holy Spirit from within to live in obedience for my Lord. I really want to. I often do not as I would. But when I do not as I know I should do, I never feel good. I always feel bad. And there is a compelling from within to be obedient to the Lord in all things. Trust and obey. It's not trust and okay. If we say, said John, that we have fellowship with God and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And as you were taught in the series in 1 John, in the educational hour previously in this year, fellowship one with another is not talking about you and me in fellowship. It's talking about you and God in fellowship. And yet all that said, I know a number of people convinced that they are in right standing with God when living lives absolutely betraying the plain reading of the Scripture, betraying the clear words of the Savior, and remaining in open sin and rebellion. And yet you cannot tell such a one that they are not the Lord's. You cannot tell such a one that they are not the Lord's. But Jesus can and will. It's not about getting a ticket for heaven. It's not about hanging around church folk. It's not about some scripted prayer prayed. We now have two popular American evangelists leading people in 30-second prayers on TV. It's not biblically possible. It's not anthropologically helpful. It's not about performing service through a local church or on the mission field. King Jesus said it clearly. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Let no blood-bought saint be doubtful. 
even in the face of their remaining sinfulness. But let no practicing sinner think themselves at peace with God. King Jesus said, deception is big. King Jesus said, many. Father, Holy Father, please drive our hearts and minds to Christ. Thoughts of Him filling our breast. Convince every saint of their hope and every sinner of their great need Jesus Christ. We pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.